We've just finished our 2021 Venture Out Retreat in Lexington, North Carolina. In this retreat, our focus was on 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. If you remember from an earlier episode, as a professor, the question and answer times are often the highlight of class because they often cause me to grow in so many ways. In fact, I shared in episode zero of this podcast, it was a question from one of my undergrad students that sent me on the journey that I'm on today. So of course, as we host prayer retreats, I continue to love the Q&A time. I promised last week we would give you a bit of a window into that retreat. So today's episode is going to highlight part of our Q&A at that time at the retreat. Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we will share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. I know that you listening here, you're all over the map when it comes to listening and inner healing prayer, but these are some very practical questions to discuss in today's podcast, and I think they're going to have value for everybody listening. So regardless of your background, this episode is going to help you to get to know our team a bit on a personal level as you hear us, let our hair down, so to speak and discuss the mysteries of prayer. Some of the key questions that we cover include things like, how do we know if we or the person that we're praying with is actually experiencing anything that's real and lasting in the prayer session? And that is a great question. And then also, if the person we're praying with is not getting any imagery, when or should we share the things maybe that we are receiving from the Lord? And then what about people who just don't see in pictures? So if you're new to the prayer and listening to Inner Healing Prayer, I would suggest that you might want to go over to praythroughit.com forward slash media, especially if you're someone who seems just kind of foreign to think about that God could maybe give you a picture or there could be something you hear or sense from God in prayer and watch one of our Pray Through It prayer sessions. This will give you a better understanding and help you to conceptualize what it means to pray through something. So today as you listen, we'd love for you to click subscribe. And also, if you really are enjoying the podcast, why not give us a five-star review and tell people a little bit why you like the show. And we would just love to hear your feedback. So let's listen now to the Q&A from this month's Venture Out Conference. When you are the one who's facilitating the experience with the person, yeah. with the Holy Spirit, yeah. how do you know that anything is being worked through, actually? Or yeah. are we just talking about stuff? Right. Or are we just making cool word connections? Right. How do you know like something is being dealt with? Right. Or and or if you're on the receiving end, like you are the one who's like being walked through this. Like how do you know that something right. is actually being dealt with? So here's an example. You would think that when I would say, Can you give that to Jesus? They'd be like, Yeah, sure, I'll give it to Jesus. You know, and if they say it like that, yeah, sure, I'll give it to Jesus. Almost with an eye roll. They're probably not giving it to Jesus. It's like, yeah, Jesus, you can have it. And in their imagination, they're kind of giving it to Jesus, like I gave it to him. But often people will be like, yeah, I can give it to him. And that tone saying, like, Lord, would you show them, have they been able to fully give it to you? No, I can't. I I think I'm just going to take it right back. And there's an emotional attachment to it. Think about about throwing something away. You know, you ever throw something away and then like look at it? Yeah, keep that. Or there's other times you throw it away and you're like, the hell with that, quite literally. You know, just get rid of that thing. I don't, it's detestable. It's like the smelly thing you get out of the house and it's done and it's out there. You don't sit there and think, am I going to go get that rancid meat out of the outside? I mean, it was going to be a great steak, but you know, no, you're, you're done with it. 
So there's an emotional sense. You feel it. You sense it. You can tell you've broken free. As a counselor, one of the ways you can tell is they're sitting up straighter. They're breathing more deeply. They look younger because they're no longer carrying this heavy burden with them. And that is just a reflection of what's going on on the inside. So that what you're seeing on the outside is reflected with an emotion and a feeling on the inside. And that emotion and feeling they're feeling on the inside is that testifying that it's done, that it's gone. One of the things we did was sort of a perimeter sweep when we asked, Lord, is there anything else here? And what we were doing was trying to see, was there anything else connected to the thing she was giving away that was going to want to bring it back? Because if she had some other neurotic need that was, you know, I'm just talking hypothetically here for everybody. If she were to have some other neurotic need to grab that and bring it back, because there might be a need there that was there in the first place to go get that in the first place. And that might be her comfort for something else. But if we can understand how it functioned and we don't need it anymore and we've gotten rid of it, then we can really have an idea that this is probably done with from there on. Yeah, it's one, one of the best things that can be done. One of the best things that help reflect that something actually happened is that you have something that you can look back on and identify that this was before, this is what happened, this is what's after. Yeah. And so the summary is essentially, a lot of times when people are praying through things, it's like you're doing like a Spartan race that has running and climbing and swimming and jumping and all this stuff where at the end of it, you're like, I'm done. I just did a race. It's like, okay, well, let me summarize because I was watching the whole time. You did all of these things and you did them well. So you can remember that you did yeah. In the podcast, there's two different times where I went back to people who had prayed through things six years ago. And they talk about how years later, they still look back on that prayer time and they realize this happened. And for me, in my own testimony, there's one point where I'm trying to pull this root out of the ground. And Jesus comes in the imagery, pulls it, rolls it up, rolls it away. And for me, I struggled with that at first because I'm trying to be so biblical. I'm like, where does it say in the Bible that God rolls your sins away. You know, that's not biblical. And then, um, then the sense I got from the Lord was, Donnie, it's an analogy. You know, there's enough analogies in Scripture. I've taken your sins as far as the East is from the West. There are all these other analogies. It's just another analogy for this. And then I'm like, okay, okay. Makes... But, but then weeks later, weeks later, I then think, like, my sins were rolled away. I don't have to deal with that. Jesus rolled my sin away. Now, did he really roll my sin away? Metaphorically, yes, he did. But it was a metaphor. You know, it's an analogy, I think. So, but there is that emotional aspect of it, and you will go back as though that was a historical moment in time because historically something did happen today with Warren, that something happened here on this day. So we had, about two weeks ago, I had somebody write me, and they said something it was like, February 23rd, 2018, you prayed with me. They know the date. So this is what you guys had to look forward to if you're going to start praying through things with people. They're going to now start putting that prayer time into their testimony. You know, not always. You don't always get that. But sometimes it was such a big deal, it was a fork in the road for them, and they're like, never again. Everything else was changed since that timeline. I think it's hard to put into words, though, Ben, because sometimes it's like a spiritual transaction that we think is real, you know? So it's like sometimes I feel like it's hard to... Does that makes sense. Like, it's a, but we think it's like a real work happening. Right. But it's sometimes hard to and this express. This is this is where imagery comes into play as well, where it's so helpful. Um, if you try to, um, so now we're we're used to dealing with like currency, and now we have like Bitcoin that really mixes it up, and other things like that, you know. But there's like real currency and not real currency. And if you look in the bank account, that's all real stuff. You click a button, and you're sending money to real people, you know. And if you don't believe that, Venmo me. And I, so you're sending real money around. It's a real transaction. And the same thing here in the spiritual realm, 
you know, you're, you're, real, you're interacting with the real Jesus. Now, is he wearing the collared shirt that you thought he was wearing? So some people, they'll see Jesus, he's wearing a collared shirt. And normally they don't see his face. Normally they don't see much of anything. But they get the sense that that is Jesus and they're, they're there with him. And so the idea there is there's kind of a currency exchange where you're taking something that's kind of ethereal. Like, I'm going to give you all my shame. How many buckets of shame do I got here? You know? But the Lord might show you that quite literally if you're like, Lord, how big is my bucket of shame? And the Lord will be like, well, it's right over here it is. And you're like, oh my goodness, that's a lot of shame. You know? <laughs> you know? And you could even put it in anything. You know, can you, how many bathtubs of shame do I have? Like, Lord might be like, well, that's weird, but you have about two bathtubs of shame. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to measure it that way. So the Lord, Lord will enter into your conversation often where you start it. And sometimes at first, you don't know. Like, was it the Lord or was it not? And I can't always tell you you started with the Lord, but if you're inviting him into it, that's where you end. You end with the Lord at the end of the conversation when he takes it over. Other questions? Yeah, if a person is stuck with, let's say they, they kind of want some imagery um, and they're not getting it, but you have a clear image of what they're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. This kind of happened in our, in our thing with uh, Shelley. So I, I never shared it. Yeah. But I'm wondering, would it, you know, like I would have attempted to share it if I had been, yeah. if I had been leading. Yeah. You know? As we're praying here, you notice what we're not doing. We're not, we're not making assumptions and assuming that this is what their problem is and saying, like, Lord, they're struggling with their identity. Would you help them to understand that they are really this, 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 and this? I'm asking very open-ended questions and asking the Lord to reveal what it is and seeing whether or not it confirms or not. So this is kind of a test for those of you who are on the other side of, you know, this for, for other side, meaning like I come from a very conservative background. If you're coming from a more charismatic background where you feel like you share the things that the Lord has given you and you prophesy them and then they're supposed to test them or hold them or not, I'm testing the things that are going on in my heart and mind, but instead of me telling them, I'm testing it by, by asking the Lord, having them here, and then I'm like deciding whether or not you know, it's right or not, you know, what I thought. And the cool thing is if you feel like you need to share something, what I encourage the people on our team to do is write it down on a card and put it there, and then when the person says it, almost like a magician, like, well, let me show you what I already wrote down. Is this your card, you know? <laughs> and, and so at that point, then, you have confirmation and that's, it's neat because because for me, I'm really trying not to, like, I can, I can see how this could be something where you're leading somebody and there's no God involved in this whatsoever. It's just somebody doing some good psychology stuff and you're leading somebody through it. But for me, I'm trying to back up and see when does the Lord step in in a way that I just can't explain. And then I kind of catalog those things away thinking, okay, maybe there is somebody else in the room with us that's leading. And the, the thing is, it comes to you in some sort of odd way and you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And then once you understand what it means, you're like, oh my goodness, that makes amazing sense. That's incredible. So how do we, if God is not in this, go from having something that doesn't make any sense to something that's revolutionary and changing your life once you understand it? You know? And so you can think through all the psychology you want with all of that. But just know for me, I'm trying to make sure that I leave it as open-ended as possible so that to some degree, I know that I didn't directly lead that path. I might be helping them guide them to process it, but ideally, I'm trying not to bring too many ideas in that are guiding the imagery or guiding what's happening. Well, I just go back to the people who don't see pictures. Um, what would be other prompts that you could use in the question besides, you know, is the image coming to you? What would be other right. So one of the things you notice, I don't, um, I don't usually use the word image or see anything. 
I, I use the word sense. Are you sensing anything? Are you receiving anything? Um, and sensing or seeing. I mean, sensing or receiving. Right, I try that most of the time. Once, once they're already seeing, I can use those terms. You know, so you might see me do that. But normally I try to keep it open-ended. And I start to be able to... When there are certain points in the prayer that I can almost expect the kind of question I'm asking, it's probably going to be a weird symbolic thing that they receive. When we're getting to the root of something... That, that, that's really the place they're getting hung up anyways. Often that place is where we expect it to be something that's not quite what you would expect right away. And so sometimes I have to have them almost like change through the radio stations like their various senses. You know, are, you know, are you sensing it through your body or through your mind or through your heart or your emotions and that sort of thing. I know that there is a diagnosis where there are people who say they don't think, like if you normally think about, like people say, when you say cat, you don't think the word C-A-T you think of a picture of a cat. Um, but there are people who do. They literally think C-A-T, cat. They think that. So I think that would be kind of a sign. If you're that way, that's your proclivity. I can't say that's going to change necessarily. You don't have to see pictures. But here's, as, just as I talked about emotions, um, you know, are you a feeler? Or how would you suggest? What would you think? Well, I think I'm a feeler. They don't know what I'm feeling. Yeah. So. Okay, so, but here's the good news is. I don't know that I'm feeling well, you, you're not able to necessarily translate over from the feeling to words. So that's the hard part is because you're actually having to translate as though you're translating from one language to another because verbal language is different than the language you're feeling. So often you can know something's wrong here, but not necessarily say like what that something is. Right? Is that or not? You know, so that kind of a thing. So keep in mind, feeling is still a hearing. So for example, you could go and just cry before the Lord. And you could say, like, you would essentially be saying, I'm in anguish, this is horrible, my life stinks, it's not fair. But you didn't use any of those words. But you cried out before the Lord and you felt better when you were done because your emotions, you, you set your emotions bare. Sort of like a couple sitting beside each other, you know, one look at each other, they know, like, whole thing. There's a whole, and you can tell, you can't always tell what it was, but you know, there was an interchange there of some sort. And you can have interchanges with the Lord that don't require pictures or language. But it is helpful for you to ask the Lord, Lord, would you label this for me? Would you help me to understand this? By the way, if you see a word, guess what a word is? It is a picture. You might not want to admit it, but it's a picture of letters. Still seeing something symbolic because a word is symbolic of something else. But if you ask the Lord to label something for you, that can be a very helpful thing. And then, when you, going back to what you were suggesting there, Ben... It's almost like trying on clothes, you know, when you try them on, like, does this fit? Does this not fit? You know, and you can kind of try on this, like this emotion. Is this anger? Uh, it's not quite anger. Aggression? I don't know. You know, and, and after a while, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, it's that. It's exactly that. And it just feels right. But there's a check and a balance. Those of you who are all against feelings, you know, there's a whole generation against feelings. Now I think we're all about feelings in the next generation because we, we overemphasize thoughts. But there's checks and balances, just like government's supposed to have, you know, with your feelings and with your mind. If something isn't right in one or the other, you're going to feel it. It's going to be different. I know this is true, but it doesn't feel true. You know, you get into that situation. Anything else that we can help you guys individually as you have your own story and your own way that you think through and pray through things? Yeah. I mean, I'm curious now, if, yeah. if a word is a picture, have you ever been working with someone who like sees a word and it's a particular font yeah or color yeah. Oh, yeah people don't always tell you that though 
So that would be nice. They're like, it's Comic Sans. Well, that means something, you know. <laughs> it's papyrus. That means something, you know. You know? Times New Roman. Times New Roman. Yeah, yeah. But 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 that but as, but as an artist, if you're artistic, fonts really mean something. They're really an expression of something. Like if it's all caps. Right. If it's all caps. And so sometimes I'll ask that, and it, it's helpful, but most people won't actually share that. Um, if someone were to say, I see this, it's in this font, it's this and that, there's a whole lot of data that I'm losing coming back. I'm catching some of the emotional data that I'm sensing from them, but I'm losing some of the imagery data. And so sometimes it's very helpful, because even the way that it comes in, like it's coming from far away, coming at me really fast, you know, that's helpful. Um, you know, sometimes it doesn't mean much, but the emotion of how you're receiving it, the artistic, you know, emotive part of it's important to that. So yeah, so for you, the fact you asked that question, I would say fonts are probably really important as they come to you. And I, but I would, but I would ask the Lord, Lord, would you show me why is it in this font? And just and so, but that's the thing, you don't have to figure it out. You know, we, if we just sit and ask the Lord, it's like having the answers in the back of the math book. Like, you know, Lord, what is the answer to this? Oh, okay, you know. It's, and it's the shortcut way. Sometimes the Lord wants you to work it through. My strength is perfected to weakness kind of thing. You know, this is something that you have to put your big boy pants on for today and work through this. But all too often we're like that little kid. I can pour the juice myself. I can do this myself. And then we make a big old mess and then we're trying to clean it all out. This is just one small section of a really impactful weekend where we saw some beautiful community form around prayer. And we love to see that and we love... Uh, to bring that together. And the question and answer times are always interesting because you can tell that the questions are coming from people's personal experiences and through their own processing of what it is that's going on. But in all of this, the main point, the power, really, is in relying on the Lord to lead the one that you are praying with. Not interrupting or making assumptions, but waiting on the Lord to lead and guide them into the truth that changes their lives. Did you know that we often lead listening and inner healing prayer retreats and trainings? Who do you know that would benefit from these? Check us out at praythroughit.com slash events to see when we are going to be in your area. And if you don't see what you're looking for, email Don at drlove at praythroughit.com to discuss how we can minister to your family and friends. Unquenchable is a ministry of Pray Through It Ministries. To learn more about us and our ministry, check us out at praythroughit.com.